The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Brothers Fund, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the Philharmonic's corporate partner MetLife Foundation, and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. From the media room at David Geffen Hall, it's the New York Philharmonic this week. And this week. We hear the Organ Symphony by Camille Saint-Saëns. This is Alec Baldwin inviting you to listen with me to an all-French program that will open shortly with music of Berlioz. Sir Andrew Davis will conduct the New York Philharmonic. We opened with a work by a young Hector Berlioz, the overture to Les Francs Juges. Berlioz was eager to write an opera, and in response, a friend offered him a three-act libretto whose title refers to the judges of the Star Chamber Tribunals of Medieval Germany. The resulting overture is the composer's earliest orchestral work and the only part of the opera that is still performed. Sir Andrew Davis tells us more. We're starting the program with one of Berlioz's completely crazy pieces. I mean, even for Berlioz, Franchus is spectacularly bonkers, I think. <laughs> Les Francs Juges is a rescue opera in which a political prisoner is saved from a secret court where the sentence is always death. When multiple attempts to stage the opera fell through, Berlioz eventually abandoned the project and destroyed all but five numbers and the overture. Some of the music found its way into a much more well-known Berlioz work, the Symphony Fantastique. There it appears in The March to the Scaffold. Once again, Sir Andrew Davis. Uh, it starts this rather grand introduction and then it goes into a very fast allegro. And interestingly enough, there's a wonderful misprint in the parts. That, and I didn't realize this because I did it recently. It was in Toronto and everyone was very shocked when I started because the parts say half note equals 104 and the score, which is what it, it says, whole note equals 104, so they were a little surprised by that. Um, but it's great fun, uh, and it has rather well a, a tune that everyone says, oh, I know that tune. Um, and there's this passage quite close to the end where all of a sudden, well, actually the cellos start with a sort of fragmented version of the, of the tune, and then it goes into sort of contrapuntal, the violas come in, and, and then the, the violins come in playing pizzicato. Uh, the sort of notes chosen out of that, it's, it's quite mad. Mm. Uh, and so uh, it's a piece I love. It's quite long, too, actually. It's 13, 14 minutes, which, as overtures go, is on the long side. Even at age 23, Berlioz was already exploring the colors of orchestral instruments and the feelings they could evoke. Toward that end, he added depth to both the upper and lower registers of the orchestra. 
Such textures perfectly portray the chilling menace of the courts and the lurking dangers of the forest. The overture was performed at the Paris Conservatory in 1828, and Berlioz would conduct it many more times during his lifetime. Here, with a few more thoughts about the piece before he conducts, is Sir Andrew Davis. This was written uh, before the Symphonie Fantastique, which, of course, he was only, what, 30 or so when he wrote that. So it's remarkable, and as a matter of fact, I'd only done it once before early in my career, and then I went to a concert of the New York Philharmonic a few years ago, and it was my namesake, Sir Colin Davis, conducting, and the first half was all Berlioz, and the second half was all Sibelius, and he did absolutely what I still... It's the best performance of the Seventh Symphony I've ever heard. Uh, it was absolutely astonishing. Uh, but he started the program with Franjouge, and I thought, wow, yes, this is, this is fun. <laughs> I'll do it. So I started doing it again. And we go down to the stage now for the overture to Les Franjouge by Berlioz. Sir Andrew Davis conducts the New York Philharmonic.
Overture to Les Francs-Juges by Berlioz. The New York Philharmonic was conducted by Sir Andrew Davis, leading off an all-French program. Well, we did it the last time in Vail, which was a lot of fun, in that wonderful outdoor atmosphere up in the mountains. It was, it was great. But I did it many, many, many years ago with the Philharmonic, uh, and directed it from the keyboard. So, you know, I'd conduct the opening Allegro, and then during the transition, I sort of slid over onto the organ stool and played the slow movement, and then went, got up and conducted the scherzo, and then did the same thing with the finale. And I remember very well, because just because the console was rather large, in order to make it possible for me to see the orchestra over the console, we, it, it was situated on the lift in the stage you know that they used to take pianos and stuff on the organ up and down so it was and this this uh, lift was lowered oh i don't know a couple of feet 18 inches or something and we did a lot of performances for some reason we did i think something like seven performances of it and i had this thing with the, the stage managers i said you know for the last performance as we're playing the end you should bring the organ up so like the mighty world is a, and actually and they were all sort of yes we must do this and then in the end I, I actually chickened out and I was regretted it actually because I thought it would, would have been a wonderful way to end this run of performances but no I, I, I like the piece enormously actually I love it Sir Andrew Davis on the Organ Symphony by Camille Saint-Saëns a very popular musical figure in England Saint-Saëns composed his organ symphony on commission from the Philharmonic Society in London in updates to the Society on his progress, the composer wrote, The symphony will be terrifying, I warn you. It will be a treat for me to conduct it, but will it be a treat for the people to hear it? That is the question. It's you who asked for it. I wash my hands of the whole thing. Saint-Saëns himself conducted the 1886 London premiere. Incidentally, he was also the soloist in Beethoven's fourth piano concerto on the same program. The symphony's two-part structure employs a technique first used by Franz Liszt, to whose memory Saint-Saëns dedicated the piece. Through ingenious transformations and modifications, two motto themes become the source materials for the entire work. As this is a symphony, the organ does not play a typical solo role. Its presence, in all its power and majesty, is saved for the final movement where, in a blaze of C major glory, Saint-Saëns does pull out all the stops, literally. This grand finale justifies the symphony's nickname on all accounts, and while it is a shameless crowd-pleaser, Sir Andrew Davis reminds us that this does not and should not preclude it from being regarded as a masterwork. 
people tend to be snooty in general about Sassons, and I think quite unfairly. And of case, okay, so the finale is, you know, once the big C major tune comes, it's, uh, how shall I say, it's not subtle music, but it's very grand and it's, again, very French, and it's a lot of fun. You know, you, there's little sort of mini variations on the on the this big chorale tune, and the first thing you have is this piano four hands playing this wild arpeggios, which I, always makes me laugh. Actually, I mean, I think there was such a inventiveness with with him, and you sort of feel him having fun when he was writing it, and you and you know, I think that, and so we have fun listening to it, and and on the other hand, the slow movement is quite exquisite. Uh, and after the first statement of the of the theme, on a very interesting combination of instruments, it's played by the clarinet, the third horn, and the bass trombone. So in, in, in three different octaves. Uh, well, that's after the strings have done it the first time, and wonderful colours. And and then there's this very strange section just for the violins by themselves. <laughs> that is a kind of moment where it's like nothing is moving, you know. It's it's a f- sort of frozen-in-time moment, this, this particular little variation. So there are lots of felicities, as it were, in the piece that, that I always get a big kick out of. It's not easy to play, either. The first one down the scherzo are both tricky ri- for rhythmical reasons, but it's always fun to do. And now we hear the Symphony Number no. 3 by Camille Saint-Saëns, the Organ Symphony. Kent Tridel is the organist, and Sir Andrew Davis conducts the New York Philharmonic.
Symphony Number no. 3 by Camille Saint-Saëns, the Organ Symphony. Sir Andrew Davis conducted the New York Philharmonic. The organist was Kent Tridel. Harmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Brothers Fund, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the Philharmonic's corporate partner MetLife Foundation, and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Vince Ford is the executive producer of this series. The music producer is audio director Lawrence Rock. The broadcasts are written and directed by Mark Travis with production assistance from Ian Good and Stacy Gerard. And for now, until next time, this is Alec Baldwin wishing you good health and good music. This program is distributed worldwide by the WFMT Radio Network. <laughs>